And a very good Saturday morning to you. It is Drive Time Radio here on 1150 KKNW. New York, Vinny, hanging out with you as usual on a uh, a bit of a sad Saturday morning, really, as we just got the news, or I just did a, a little while ago, that little Richard has passed away, and uh, a performer who was one of the founding fathers of rock and roll and led such a colorful life um, back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. I mean, I'm sure he was woo-wooing it until uh, the last moments, but the little Richard left this earth. The Reverend Richard Penniman, uh, to you and I, uh, left this earth, uh, as uh, I said, just uh, early this morning. Uh, late last night, depending on what time zone you're in. And that record that we heard, I mean, we all know is uh, Wap Abaloop, uh, Tutti Frutti, and Good Golly Miss Molly, and all of those great 50s rock and rollers. But that particular record actually was from 1969. And um, I heard him perform it live. I went to see Little Richard. Well, I saw him several times over the course of uh, my concert-going career. But certainly... Went to see him back at a rock and roll revival in 1969 and got to see him perform that song a couple of times, uh, but at that show. And uh, Little Richard still had it. He had it. He probably had it up until the moment he died, to be honest with you. He was uh, a, just a character. He was an incredible influence musically to what he did to generations of uh, musicians behind him. He was certainly, uh, I don't know, I used to call him the Black Liberace uh, because he certainly had that flair and that unbelievable uh, connection with his audience through antics, through lifestyle, and through so many different uh, ways that Little Richard uh, got people up out of their seats, moving and dancing. And we need more Little Richard's I think now, because uh, these days with rock and roll and and the way the world is, but uh, rest in peace, 87 years old uh, was Little Richard. And, uh, of course, his first song, Tutti Frutti, back in 1956, Rip It Up, Lucille, Long Tall Sally, Good Golly Miss Molly. Uh, And, again, that that getting up on that piano and, and, and using that thing as... I don't know. I mean, I don't want to, but as 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 a as a tool to draw you into his performance. So that's what we do to start the show this morning. A little bit different uh, than what we usually do, but the rest of the show is dedicated to Mother's Day. A very good morning and good Mother's Day weekend to all of the moms out there. We get a chance a little bit later in the show to talk to Scotty Reese. Scotty from A Girl's Guide to Cars. We'll talk to her a little bit about. I'm going to reach down here for a second and grab my show notes. But we will talk to, to uh, Scotty about uh, learning how to drive from your mom as opposed to your dad. Uh, I am currently in the uh, throes of teaching my daughter how to drive. And I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if it would be better if her mom were teaching or if there'd be more of a connection there. But anyway... Be that as it may, we have that. We have the car song, uh, the cartoon of the week for you, and lots of good stuff coming up on the show. First, though, the governor of the state of Washington, as many governors in many states, uh, is is trying to get the business of Washington, the economy of Washington, back 
and rolling again in some shape, manner, or form. Among the businesses that were allowed to reopen this week, or just in the last couple of days, uh, are automobile dealerships. Now, they were open for service and for parts and repairs, but you couldn't buy a car. I guess you probably could if you arranged it or if you knew somebody, but for the most part, for the last six weeks or so, you couldn't just walk up to a dealership and walk around and touch and feel and and put your hands on uh, the new, uh, I don't know, the Cadillac Coupe de Ville. I don't know I'm making Coupe de Villes anymore, but you know what I'm saying. The new Cadillac Coupe de Ville, like people were used to doing. We have with us this morning to kick us off a good friend, a good cougar, and uh, a guy that owns uh, the Brotherton dealerships uh, here in Seattle and uh, down in um, near South Center where he uh, has a Cadillac uh, GMC store and up here at Shoreline, brand new uh, Cadillac uh, GMC store that has uh, that he has uh, taken over just recently, within the last year or so, I guess. Brad Brotherton joins us. Brad, good morning. How are you? I'm great, Vinny. Good morning to you. Thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks for uh, for joining us this morning. It's good to hear your for voice. Sure. Uh, hi, hi, how are you? How you been? Oh, things are things are going good. I I can't complain much. Uh, you know, family's doing great. Uh, the businesses are. You know, we're plugging along. We've got a really good customer base. Uh, we've got a really good employee group. Um, so I you know I can't complain too much. So. Good, good. Yeah. Well, well you, you've been blessed in that even before I all have. this happened. I mean, even when <laughs> That's for sure. you know your dad had to deal. I mean, I remember so many years ago sitting with you at, a, mm. at, at the, the Rose Bowl and just the kindness of your family and everything was really um, impressed me. And that was, I don't know, Warner Cougars, what was that? That was the Ryan Leaf Rose Bowl. So that was yeah. uh, eons ago, man. Eons ago. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, no, I, I come from a long line of car dealers. We're 100. 104 years old. It's uh, wow. Yeah, and I've been doing a quarter of it, which is weird to think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we all don't feel that feel that, old. that that old. And this is nope. like something that I don't think anybody in that entire line has seen before. Huh? Nope. nope. No. No. I I you know I got a lot of advice from my dad, and unfortunately, he was taken early by cancer, and and uh, you know about 12 years ago, and and I. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, well, I, I, or 10 years ago, and I, you know, I would say, what would he say in this? And, and he'd say, I, you know, do what you're doing, right? I mean, there's, there's not a lot of advice you can gain from something like this. This is certainly unprecedented and uncharted waters. So the governor has uh, put car dealers on the first phase of opening the state's business back up again. And I know that the uh, Washington State Dealers Association sent out a video with the certain protocols that dealers, I guess, are going to have to, or I guess it'll be suggested uh, that they follow. How was this week for you getting the dealership ready to open up? Well, um, interesting, the, the video was actually shot at my dealership. Um, so so we have those protocols and everything except the the temperature testing we have all those things in in place now um we we launched we got our thermometers yesterday so we started the, the morning temperature testing today um just as an extra precaution um i don't think that's one of the required pieces it you know we're we're doing everything we can because our you know our employees are concerned too and so we wanted to make sure early on that they felt safe coming to work and then um you know because we were open for services you said earlier 
And uh, we wanted to make sure that the customers, when they got there, they felt safe, that they felt that we put the right protocols in place to protect them. Um, and in doing so, we were we were prepared um, for you know the phase one uh, launch when when Governor Inslee put that in place. So, what will the average consumer that, that today says, "Boy, I've been waiting six weeks to buy a new Cadillac or a new GMC pickup"? Uh, so I better run down to Brad's dealership and and get there and and, and buy it. What will they encounter uh, that will be different than what they would have seen before? Um, most of it will be optics, right, and and process. So so when they when they submit their lead or they call in, they're going to set an appointment. Um, that's that's not foreign to what it was before. But you know the the kicking of the tires just doesn't really. Um, you don't get people swinging by. I mean, maybe we do, and I just don't recognize it. But but it it appears that everybody there is there with purchasing in mind. Um, you know, where before, you know, in February, you have people. Oh, I'm just looking, or I, you know, I'm looking at five different cars. I'm checking with twelve different dealers. Um, you know, I think I think one is is they want to feel comfortable and safe. And so optics, when they see that that our employees are. Uh, that the person that has an appointment with them meets them and they've got a mask on, um, that when we, we appraise their trade, uh, the manager has gloves and mask on, and he's he or she is going to be wiping down the car um, before they get in and appraise it, um, that the car that they've um, chosen to, to drive has been disinfected and is prepared for them. I mean, it, it's, it, you know, those, those things are... Um, you know, first and foremost, and then and then in the dealership we have plexiglass screens in this each sales office between the customer um, and the salesperson. Uh, we have signs up with you know maximum occupancy, so that if if a if a manager needs to come in and communicate with the with the customer, the salesperson leaves and the manager comes in, um, so that there's no more than you know, one employee and the customer and, you know, if there are two customers, the maximum occupancy of a room is three. Um, you know, we prepare the paperwork ahead of time. Um, you know, it's, it's as contactless as, as it can be. Um, you know, every pen is new. Um, every, uh, every delivery. So the delivery is actually, um, done, you know, remote. So the customer, again, if the customer wants, needs more help, we, you know, the, the salesperson is in P- in their PPE, and they go through the car um, in their PPE, and they and they just you know it's it's as sterile and as clean as it can be. The keys are sterilized before they're handed to the customer. I mean, it's that it's a huge difference. You know, there's there's not a yeah. lot of handshaking. In fact, there's none, um, which is hard to do in our business. And and I think you know human nature when a, when somebody extends their hand and you have to say, "Oh, I'm sorry, we're." We're not doing that anymore. Uh, they, they realize it, right? That you know, they they throw out an elbow, or they kick your foot, or they just wave. Um, <laughs> I was going to say for you, uh, in a type of dealership that you have, that's a family dealership, and I trust uh, a lot of repeat customers and so on and so forth. That's got to be hard, as opposed to if you're going to uh, I, I don't know one of those big. You know, nine million dealers all over the country type of dealerships, and you, you know you're dealing with somebody you never, you don't know. I would think a large number of your customer base are people that you know, and it's it's probably got to be hard not to handshake them or give them a hug or oh, have know. some kind of physical contact. That's a big part of 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 your of your draw to bring people in is that they know you, they know your family. 
Absolutely. I, and I, and I'm a big hugger. Like I, you know, I get my, I get charged up on people and I get charged up on connection and it is hard for me personally, but I, I know the, you know, the, the, the risk. And so I just don't do it. I, I, uh, you know, I, I early so going through cancer with my dad, right? We had to be very careful of his health and his immune system, and so I kind of, you know, I kind of learned that through that experience. You know, three years of chemotherapy and a, and a, and a, and a you know, a, a compromised immune system. We we always had that Purell in our pocket. We always had to sneeze in our, you know, I mean, just the, the things that are now made. Wash your hands for twenty seconds. Those things we were, you know, I'm aware of doing those, and so, um, anyways, we just, you know, I I've. It is hard. It's hard not to to hug it. But you know, I you know, I recognize people through their face masks. It's funny they they think, hey, how do you recognize me? I said, well, I I don't know. It's just you know, your eyes give you away. <laughs> you know, you didn't change your hairstyle. Maybe it's, maybe it's a little longer because you haven't had a haircut, but you you look like you. And so you know, I'm still I'm still there. You know, our employees have been there for. Boy, 10, 12, 15, 20 years. There's, we have a technician that started when I did in 1989. I mean, it's, you know, we, we've got longevity there. And so we're still having connections. We're just not, it's not a physical connection. And, you know, I think there is comfort. We've, we've had, you know, I was on the service drive the other day, and there was a guy that was so excited because of all of our PPE that was there. Like, he, he was like, I love this. Thank you. He was just, right. you know, he's like, this is better than my grocery store, you know. And, and you know, so that made made us proud. And, and we had a connection with him through that. So, I mean, we're still having connections. They're just different ways. Well, that's and I think that's it. By the way, Brad Brotherton from uh, Brotherton Cadillac and GMC with us here on Drive Time Radio. Uh, I'm New York Vinny, hanging out with you Saturday morning, and we're talking about reopening uh, the dealership. Um, Brad, what will the consumer see in additional cost to a car when this is all over, or will there be an additional co- I mean, I would have to think that all of these things that you have to put into place, face masks and everything else, would add something to the price of the car, or is this something that you're just going to have to absorb as a cost of doing business? Yeah, there, there will be no cost to the consumer. It's, it's a cost of doing business. It's, it's like buying mop buckets and you know, garbage cans. It's just our, uh, you know, it's, it's our cost, and, and we're, we're doing it. Um, you know, I, I changed out all the filters on our air conditioning system because they, they, they trapped the COVID molecules, it said. So, you know, we did, you know, that's a, a massive cost. We've got tons of air conditioning units. I didn't realize we had so many filters. But, you know, we changed them out. And if it, if it limits our risk, we're, we're doing it. Um, you know, it's all about mitigating the risk. And so, um, you know, yeah, no, the, the consumer won't won't see a change in the in the cost at all and and we've had other expenses go down because we're not doing them so i i think there's a kind of a swap of expense right now anyways so i I don't think it's having a massive effect on our on our bottom line where are we going with the car business uh, after this i mean are we are you now looking at a model where I don't know. The showroom is going to become obsolete, or the showroom is going to be, uh, you know, quite different. Are people going to buy more online, and how will that affect what you uh, will be able to do? Um, you know, we, we we're, we're always adjusting. You know, 104 years in the business, you always adjust with the industry, right? And what the, and the consumer is what drives the, the our behavior. So, um, if buying online and and doing everything over the phone and and doing it contactless is is the the new way. We'll have the things in place to do that, and we we can do ninety nine percent of it. We actually we can do one hundred percent of it 
without seeing the consumer. Uh, you know, customers with traffic in Seattle being what it is, customers are like, no, no, I'll come down. I'm bored. <laughs> are you guys safe? Yeah, we're safe. Okay, I'm bored. I'm coming down. And so, uh, but we have had people that say, you know, I, I, I want to do it by mail. So we do it by mail. We put their car on a transporter and, and we don't see them. Um, you know, so so I, I think going forward, there'll, there'll be some change in Washington because I, I, I think there's two forms that have to have wet signature on them. Um, and so you have to, you have to be with the consumer. The consumer has to have, you know, real paperwork in front of them because it'd be great if they could just buy it online. You know, if we, if we, um, you know, had a zoom type technology, uh, that we could go through the paperwork through a computer screen and they just click the button. We explain what they're signing. Um, cause we have those things now. We just, we just, they, because they have to have wet signatures on, I think it's two forms, you know, we, we can't complete the entire transaction uh, through like a DocuSign type company, and and I, so we have to we have to put legislation in place uh, next session in order to get that done. Brad, is this a good time to buy a car or a bad time to buy a car? Should somebody that needs a car or is thinking about buying a car wait? Are the prices you think going to go down? They're going to stay stable? They're going to go up? What uh, if I'm a consumer right now and I'm thinking about buying a car? What's my best course of action here? Um, they're they're. Yeah, there, you know, any any time there's a uh, slowdown, there's you know an inventory builds up. The, the 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 offers are the best, right? So so we're in that moment right now. There's zero percent for eighty four months for highly qualified consumers. If there's if it's if they don't qualify for zero percent, the the cash like the customer rebates are so big it actually you know makes it the same. You're just paying like three three percent through BECU, or if you've got a um, you know, your own loan, it's, it's the, the discounts are massive. And so, um, you know, the, the, I think that kind of sweet spots right now, um, it's been, you know, you couldn't buy cars in March without qualifying for a reason, right? You had to have a car that wasn't working or, uh, deemed unrepairable, uh, first responder or essential employee that didn't have a car. Like there were, there were really big hurdles to kind of buy a car through March. So inventory didn't get stressed. Um, I, I imagine with production being down um, in, you know, over the last couple of months, it ramps back up May 18th, uh, but there'll be a, a kind of a, a small window. So if, you, if you're in the market now and you, and you see something you like, jump on it. Deals are good because the car is going to go away. There's, it's, it's uh, you know, it'll take what, 45 days to kind of get that replacement car again after May 18th. And so we're not, we, we won't see a, a huge we won't see the inventory levels we have see, see typically until uh, summer. And so if, if you're in the market now, now's a good time. Are you excited about uh, the new cat? I know there's a couple of new Cadillacs coming oh, down, yeah. and, and <laughs> a lot of people are talking about, um, especially the electrics. I'm driving yep. a Chevy Bolt this week. Are you excited about the, the new caddies coming down the pike? I, I am. I You know, we, we've got great cars right now. So, the, you know, the, the XT lineup of the SUVs is, is they're they're just really well built. They're beautiful cars, and they don't they don't look like you know every car in the parking lot, right? So they've got really uh, Cadillac styles and the vertical headlights and the vertical taillights, and, and they've just got great lines. So you we, we feel like we separated ourselves as a manufacturer that Cadillac has, and then you, so we, so the current inventory is great. Escalade is completely redesigned. So that that 2021 Escalade. Uh, you know, they switched over manufacturing for that car. So we, we should start seeing that car in, in end of Q3, early Q4 this year. Um, and that's our that's our workhorse, right? So then 
after that, we've got a full electric lineup coming of, of SUVs or crossovers. Um, and it's the designing is stunning. Um, I, I, I had the opportunity to go in the design center. I, I don't know if you've ever done that, Vinny, but uh, you, you, seeing the future of automobiles is really special. It, it's, all, it's almost like looking at the past, right? So you're, as you kind of see the evolution of cars when you go to a, a car museum, you see the future evolution because everything's done five years in advance, right? So, so every dash was done that's out the launch today was designed five years ago. Every screen was designed five years ago. And so, so they have this progression in the design center. And, and it, you're like, please make that car. It's so gorgeous. Customers will eat that up. And so, um, so I think we're in that phase in, as we go into electrification. I think design um, feel, we obviously haven't driven the car, but the, how it feels when you sit in the car is just, it's just beautiful. And uh, so I, I am excited for the electrification part of Cadillac. And then, Obviously, with GMC, we, we're, we're selling a lot of trucks. Uh, the new AT4 is, is probably the most in-demand GMC right now. It's got a factory What a lift. monster they, that truck is. Oh. oh, I drove that thing. Oh, man. Todd, <laughs> <laughs> so, so you get a one-ton one of those? Yeah, look out. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great truck. And, and, we, and, so, and then, obviously, the Yukon gets redesigned or is getting redesigned. Um, the Canyon gets an AT4, which I'm excited about. I've got... Two boys, uh, 18-year-olds going to college in July or August when they say they can go back or go. And then I got a kid turning uh, 16 this summer, and I, th- I think that AT4 has got his name all over it. You know, just a, a 16-year-old kid with a slightly lifted small pickup truck. Nice. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I drove yeah. that one too. Matter of fact, a couple okay. of weeks ago, did the review on it, man. And, oh, right and on. Um, right on. What, what, you know, a great small truck. Are we, Brad? And before I let you go, are we going to get a smaller pickup truck? I mean, maybe not a Cadillac, but a GMC. Is there a? I mean, I, I I look at the market and I think, boy, if there was a smaller, almost like the old Chevy Love size pickup, that that would be huge uh, among people. Are we going to see something like that? You think? Is there a demand? Do you do you think for something like that? Um, it depends on what segment it's playing in, right? If it's a work truck type, it's got to have some capabilities that, that you, you know, you think if it's just a commuter truck that, that, uh, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I, th- I think they're building so cars so well now and small crossovers so well now that you can get some, I mean, outside of the bed, you get some, you know, kind of that small, small car feeling, I guess. I, maybe there is, but I didn't, I didn't see anything. I, that Canyon, I mean, we're, we're selling the Canyon like crazy. It's a, you know, small pickup truck. It's smaller than the GMC. It just looks big. It just, uh, you know, at first look, it, it's hard to tell the difference until you get them really side by side. But yeah, I think that Canyon really fits a, a nice market. And, but yeah, I haven't seen anything in the smaller, smaller than that. Brad, it's good to catch up with you, man. It's yeah, good to hear your great. voice, and, uh, and and let's um, let's not let it be so many years till we see each other again, man. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. All right, well, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. No problem, man. Take care of yourself. Brad Brotherton from Brotherton uh, Cadillac GMC. That one up here in uh, Shoreline and, of course, down by South Center. Uh, Brad is also past president of the uh, Washington State Auto Dealers Association. All right, it is Mother's Day. When we uh, get back, we uh, pay tribute to Mom uh, with uh, a a song, a cartoon that, um, I don't know, just uh, it gets you right in the warm cockles of your heart. It's Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny right here on 1150 KKNW. You know, they say that a salesman should never knock his product. But the Dodge people know that one of the best ways to convince folks about Dodge is to knock it. Like this. 
That knuckle test is a quick, sure way to find out how really solid a car is. And let me tell you, they just don't come any more solid than the new Dodge. Here's a car that not only looks big and rugged, but is all the way through. You know, wherever you look on a new Dodge, you see evidences of superior engineering, materials, and construction. Take the rear door, for example. You know, of all the new cars, only Dodge has gone to the trouble of designing a full rear door without any cutout here. That means not only added convenience getting in and out, but also tighter door closing and the safety of added body strength. Believe me, it's as solid as it sounds. And Dodge gives you solid engine performance, too. Not only for a fast getaway at the lights, but for lasting year-in, year-out dependability. That's why Dodge and its class achieved the almost incredible feat of taking first, second, third, and fourth places in the toughest stock car race ever held, the 1900-mile Pan American Road Race. And Dodge staying power is further proved by winning more AAA performance records than any other stock engine ever built. Now, of course, there are many down-to-earth reasons for buying a Dodge this year. The all-new Dodge look, the fact that Dodge is the longest, largest, and yet lowest-priced car in its field, and the fact that your Dodge dealer is now offering unprecedented trade-in values. But as always, the most important reason for choosing Dodge is its complete dependability, proved in over 41 years of superior service. So... Help yourself to the solid satisfaction of a new Dodge, the car that's built to last, not just to get by. Multicultural, multidimensional even. Alternative Talk 1150. I like getting funkified on a Saturday morning, day before Mother's Day. It's Drive Time Radio, 1150 KKNW. New York, Vinny, hanging out with you. Don't forget, you can get the podcast of this uh, Little radio performance at Apple Podcasts. Uh, Stitcher, I believe, has it as well. And uh, Anchor also carries our podcast. If you go to Anchor, uh, which is at anchor.com, and download our podcast from Anchor, you get a little extra bonus that we put on there every week. So whether it's a cartoon or uh, some additional piece of information, a longer review, if you download it from Anchor, we definitely... Um, Put a little extra in there, so keep an eye out uh, for that. And also, don't forget that uh, our show with Michael Knight is, uh, boy, it's taken off like fabuloso. It's really, um, uh, you know, people, uh, as a matter of fact, um, people at the White House have called and said how much that they like the show and they believe in the show. That's the people in the White House down the corner there. Uh, listen to the show. I think they might be the only ones, but if you're not doing anything on Monday or Wednesday at 10 o'clock our time here in the West Coast, uh, 1 o'clock back on the East Coast, you uh, please tune into our little um, one-hour rant every week, which uh, we are considering turning into a a bit longer of a rant. But uh, thank you so much for doing that. All right, we do it every week. We call it the Cartoon of the Week. We find a song that has to do with automobiles, cars, cars life, car culture, uh, driving in a car, going to the store in a car, going up the highway, going down the highway, going to the shore, coming back from the shore. However, 
a car is involved in music, because after all, where else do we listen to more music but in our cars this week, uh, in paying tribute to the moms out there on Mother's Day. We get a chance to uh, dig back into the television season of 1966, and one of, you know, a show that gets a bad knock all the time, all the time, is a show called My Mother the Car. It, uh, and Southern was a 1928 porter. Jerry Van Dyke was her son, and she was reincarnated as uh, this car, and she came back to give uh, Jerry and his family advice. And she came back as a 1928 porter. And the theme show, it was such a, a cool show to me because I like cars, and I liked Dan Southern when I was a kid. Um, and I like Jerry Van Dyke, too. So it was such a cool show to me that, all these years, I knew the theme to this show. So, I, you know, I, everyone knows the second life. We'll come back sooner or later. I knew the theme, and I was great at parties with this thing because people that would remember the show always would ask me to sing it. Well, lo and behold, I'm cruising around YouTube as I want to do on, on some nights, and I found uh, years ago, that how cool was my mother the car? I'll tell you what. It's so the theme song to my mother the car. You could go look it up, kids, on the internet. The theme show to my mother the car was so cool that Sammy Davis Jr. actually included it in his Vegas act. Now I'm going to tell you something. The epitome of cool was being included in Sammy Davis Jr.'s Vegas act. I mean, it was nothing cooler than that, right? So, from Sammy Davis Jr. in Vegas in the 60s, let's listen to this week's cartoon of the week to the moms. Hey, if Frank said it was okay to do it, then it was okay to do it, right? Sammy Davis Jr., with our cartoon of the week in My Mother to Car. And remember, if, uh, Sammy, if you're in Sammy's act, baby, you are okay. All right, uh, the traditional way uh, that we learn how to drive, I guess, or many people learn how to drive, is uh, a sometimes uh, edgy, sometimes nerve-wracking, sometimes incredibly scary event where Dad takes you out into the car and, Starts to teach you how to drive, right? Tells you what the brake, the gas, uh, the shift, uh, the this to that is in a car and takes you out and teaches you how to drive. And in many cases, that works out. But sometimes, for whatever reason, mom is dead or mom gets charged with taking you out uh, and teaching you how to drive. Much more common today than it was when I was growing up. When I was growing up, well, my mother didn't drive. My mother was one of those rare people that did not, uh, very rarely, I don't even think she had a driver's license, to be honest with you, but uh, very, very rarely did she drive. Uh, So there was no way that she was going to teach us how to drive. But I know many people whose moms taught them and did a great job of it. Uh, And... um, in looking at uh, all the different blogs and, and websites and so on that I do each week, I ran across a great article on uh, one of my favorite websites, A Girl's Guide to Cars. 
that looks at the automotive world, uh, obviously, in a women's uh, perspective, from a women's perspective, from a woman's view. One of the uh, writers and uh, people who make that blog uh, and website click the way it does with car reviews and so on and so forth is Scotty Reese, and she joins us, a friend of the, old friend of the show. Scotty, good, uh, good, good morning, actually, and happy Mother's Day. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's How you uh, doing? nice to be celebrated once a year. <laughs> Listen, we celebrate, Mom. You, you know, I know that it's weird, but, but you know, moms get celebrated a lot. And at least now in our society, we much more recognize, you know, the value of mom and dad uh, as opposed to, I don't know, when I was growing up in the, in the 50s and 60s, you know, mom was a second-class citizen. Get in the kitchen and bang on the frying pan and don't let me hear you say anything else. It's a, certainly a different world today than it was then. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. And um, I think one of the things that impacts that is so many moms went to work in the 70s and 80s and um, had to teach their kids to be a little bit more independent. And so much more teaching and much less tending to in the modern era. Um, that's had a huge impact on, on how we are as adults and how we parent. And I think we're seeing more and more men in their 30s and even their 40s become parents and become more hands-on, which is, um, frankly, a pretty nice thing. <laughs> I, I would say so. Uh, you have an article. It's not your article. One of your uh, uh, compadres uh, wrote a great article on your website uh, regarding getting taught to drive uh, by your mom. I think when I was growing up, uh, that probably for a lot of people wouldn't have happened, but these days it happens probably more than getting taught by your father. Natalie Marola wrote uh, a, a great article called What My Mom Taught Me About Cars. And mm-hmm. um, I, I wanted to ask you a little bit because you know, Natalie, you know that you've read the story, you know the story. Um, it, it, it seems that and, and maybe I'm wrong here, but you talk about teaching and getting, you know, fathers. I mean, I'm teaching my daughter how to drive. And, you know, five times a time we go out, I'm hitting the, hitting the brake pedal with my foot and everything and trying not to show her. Is that dynamic there when moms are teaching their kids how to drive as well? Well, you know, it depends on the mom and it depends on the kid. But uh, moms tend to be more focused on your safety and your happiness and less on the mechanics. They will um, generally, when your mom's teaching you to do anything, whether it's cooking or, um, I don't know, how to clean your closet or whatever, um, very often what she'll focus on is the happiness and the nurturing as much as, you know, and your safety, having you um, be safe, as much as the mechanics of it. And so um, what Natalie recalled in her story was really about um, safety and how we're, our cars are our sanctuary, they're our haven. Um, we have a lot of fun in our cars, but we also need to do that safely. And so, you know, I remember my mom, this, sort of the same thing, you know, um, take, a, you know, take a breath every time you reach an intersection and be sure that you're looking all directions before you proceed. 
And, you know, it's kind of a basic thing. My dad was more like, okay, the gas and the brake and, you know, look at the RPMs and learn to listen to the engine, um, you know, for shifting to the next gear. And, you know, he was really focused on the mechanics of it and and wanted me to know how to change a tire and change my oil and things like that. Um, My mom wanted me to make sure that um, my doors were locked and that there were, you know, the the things that I needed if I, um, to be safe, that I was aware of. And so that was really where Natalie's um, uh, story focused is the things that her mom taught her about being safe in the car. And then also another thing that we don't really think about, but you were just talking about this with that great Sammy Davis Jr. track, and that is we listen to music in our cars. It's a great place to listen to music. And her mom taught her to listen to good music in the car. And I think that was something that I got from my mom, too, is um, let the car be your haven, be safe. But then, you know, put on your music, put on a podcast. My mom was always a big NPR fan. Um, So, you know, have fun in the car, especially when you get to the point where you're a parent. And I know um, you probably have some experience with this where you have those days where you, you feel like, you're in the car or you're in and out of the car all day long driving your kids places. And so you might, you might spend several hours behind the wheel, make it good time. Don't make it frustrating. And um, you know, you don't really need to spend the entire time listening to the engine and watching that RPM gauge. (laughs) You can um, spend some time listening to some great music and singing with your kids or listening to a book or a podcast or um, you know, a news news broadcast that enriches your your life. It was so funny because I, I used to put my daughter in the car. We put put her in the car seat, and we go somewhere, and I put on the oldie station uh, or something like that, and try to find simple songs and sing them to her all the time. You know, so mm-hmm. you know she'd get a taste of uh, Little Richard or Chuck Berry or some of those songs that were you know really easy. You know, I didn't try to go any Pink Floyd. Or anything like that. I tried to stick with the basics of rock and roll. And now when we go somewhere in the car together or we drive somewhere together and I click on, you know, uh, the 60s channel or the 50s channel on the satellite radio, she's got all the words down. I mean, she knows the words. She can sing along with um, with all of that. And Bruce Springsteen probably as good as any hardcore Springsteen fan. So um, <laughs> it's so true is, you know, those trips become fun. I... I feel bad, and I know that it's the simple thing to do. I feel bad for parents today that get a minivan and they put the uh, you know the screens in, and you know they stick um, a movie in there, and and boom, they, they the kids watch the movie, and they never get any sense. I think uh, you know, and I'm being a little judgmental here, of kids looking out the window and asking questions about what's that big tower or what's that over there what's that over there i used to love those questions when uh, when my daughter would look out the window and and ask them and we we never used that um you know the movie screens or anything like that i mean now you get in a uh, in a pacifica chrysler pacifica van and the, the, the sound system is better than anything we have at home i know isn't that great you know it's interesting though you point that out about the screens and i think that is where we're going as a culture uh, more and more manufacturers are not even offering an entertainment system in cars anymore. So you really only find them in the true family vehicles like the Chrysler Pacifica. 
Um, but a lot of manufacturers like Volkswagen didn't even offer it in the Atlas or full-size SUV um, because their research showed that parents don't want screens in the cars all the time. And when they do, they want to be selective about it. So they want to be able to say, you know what, we're driving three hours to grandma's house. Here's the iPad so you can watch a movie. Um, Because on those long trips, you probably do want a little screen time. But it's interesting. I think more and more parents are finding um, exactly what you just said. Um, And that is that that time that you have in the car with your child is precious. And I honestly, I think that that is one of the reasons that moms, before they went back to work, um, adapted to driving and the whole, you know, the whole um, birth of the family car with the station wagon, station wagon becoming such a uh, important car for families and the larger back seats and things like uh, we had a Chevrolet Bel Air. That was our family car before we had a station wagon. And um, even in the minivan when it was introduced in the 80s. I think there were a lot of women who realized that the time they spent in the car with their kids was really great talking and listening time um, and a great opportunity to, especially with kids becoming so busy with all the activities and so many things that we can line up for them from time with their friends to, um, you know, sports and um, different classes, art classes and things like that. Getting to and from those, you know, five or 10 minutes or 20 minute drives is just priceless time with your kids. And um, those are some of my fondest memories of my daughters is when they were toddlers before they were in elementary school and I would drive them places and they would ask those questions and, or they would, they would practice learning to say things like yellow, you know, little toddlers, um, they often start off saying yellow and you can um, practice with them how to say yellow. I remember that so vividly with my daughter, um, teaching her how to say things and, and, you know, really precious time. And it all happened in the car. So many great memories are in the car. We had, we had Biscetti. We, we had, that was the one that we, uh, <laughs> Biscetti, we had yep. Biscetti. We had to go from Biscetti, spaghetti. We had to get from Biscetti to spaghetti. And, you know, as an Italian, it was kind of, you know, you, you can't go to a family gathering and say Biscetti. You're going to get me thrown <laughs> out of this family. <laughs> So, so I true. so I taught a so macaroni true. and it all worked out. Um, Scotty <laughs> Reese is with us from a girl's guide to cars. Scotty, before we let you go, um, if you had to pick one car in history, not 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 a current car, but let's go back in history, that said, okay. American Mother, this is a mom car. What car would you pick? So. I, I, I thought about this. You know, I know we had this little chat yesterday on uh, Facebook about this. And so I've, I've revised my thinking, going back to think about it historically. And my, my choice is a little controversial, but it's actually not. And I'll tell you, and I'll, and I'll fill that in. Um, I would choose the original 1980 for uh, Chrysler. It really was a Plymouth minivan, town of country uh, minivan. Right. And the reason is because this vehicle, even though now it's just um, people don't want minivans, it seems like a subservient vehicle. My life is all about serving my children. Um, it was actually a very freeing, liberating car for women. And here's why. And my mom, she bought the 1984, um, the 1984 minivan. I guess it was a, Do- a Dodge, actually. And, right. Um, I think they had a Dodge, and then they had the Plymouth Voyager was the first Dodge one. Dodge Caravan then they... is what it was. 
and she never had another car for the rest of her life. Um, and the reason was she could get anything in and out of the back, out of the cargo area, because of the way that it was situated at about hip height. And it's a very natural position for lifting things. So there, and there was no lift to get things over into the trunk, and it was very easy to get things out of it. So she loved that. She loved the ride height position. She liked being, you know, above the um, bumpers of uh, sedans and sort of she didn't really love being, you know, at tailpipe level of trucks on the road. I totally understand that. She had the capability to have as many people as she needed, you know, up to eight, or it was totally fine for herself. It's the size of a sedan, you know, really corner to corner. It's not any larger than a, a typical sedan. So it was easy to park. It was easy to drive. Um, the, as, it, as they minivans evolved, she really loved all the changes that they made to minivans. So that was the only thing she ever drove. And it really was, I really think it was the, um, the ease of loading cargo, the ease of loading children in and out, not necessarily because of the sliding doors, but because of the height of the seat made getting kids in and out of the car easier. Right. It made getting in and out of the car easier for all passengers. So when she would drive my grandmother, it was easy for my grandmother to get in and out. And then the ride height. And I think those those factors are what made SUVs so popular. And I really don't think SUVs would be what they are now without the minivan. Oh, I, I totally agree. I remember <laughs> when, that, when that car came out, when they first showed it off, and, um, you know, people kind of laughed a little, but I looked at that and said, wait a second, I had driven a Chevy van for a number of years, I had a, a little Chevy van, short, be- short uh, wheelbase Chevy van that I used to use uh, for exactly the reason that they came out with the minivan, because I used to take mm-hmm. people places and haul stuff, and it was, mo- you know, you could take the seats out. This this one had seats that you had to bolt in, uh, but if you had to take a bunch of people somewhere, you could load them all into the van. If you had to take stuff somewhere, you could take the seats out and put them in there. It was a little bit of everything, and it was, uh, it, it was different than everything else that was out there, and now... Uh, you added some of the creature comforts that weren't in that van because it was a truck, but you had air conditioning, you had uh, you know more padding around the interior and seats that you could fold down instead of having to bolt in and out. And I, I, I thought it was it. I agree with you. If there's a, you know, if if you look at that era and you and you start to say to yourself, okay, what what car says mom uh, more than anything else? Although, you know, the other side of the coin is. Uh, I know a lot of moms that look good in a uh, in a Miata convertible too. So <laughs> <laughs> well, that maybe that's after the kids driveway. are grown up and go it's, off to school. <laughs> isn't that funny? That was the other car in our driveway. We had a minivan and a Miata, and it's still the same. There's still the same selection of cars in there in my parents' driveway right now. There so, you go, there Scotty. You go. <laughs> it's good to catch up with you. Happy Mother's Day, and um, you, again, I'll, I'll talk to you soon. And thank you so much for joining us. Nice to be here. All right, Scotty Reese from A Girl's Guide to Cars. You can jump on that website and uh, take a look at it. Lots of good information for uh, women motorists, men motorists too, you know, who, no matter who you are, but lots of good information, car reviews, so on and so forth. Quick break here. We come back with our road test of the week. It is Drive Time Radio here on 1150 KKNW. <laughs> 
Cruce con la verde. En el medio pierde. It always means the same thing. Atravesate soltanto al segnale verde, mai nel mezzo della strada. Cross at the green, not in between. Geht arriba de gas, norden wenn es green, nicht ergeht zwischen den mitten vom block. It means cross at the corner, never in the middle of the block. Don't walk until the light turns green. Always cross at corners where motorists expect you and where you can see them. Cross at the green, not in between. In any language, it's a way of life. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the block. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the block. Use your eyes to look up. Use your ears to hear. Walk up to the corner when the coast is clear. And wait, and wait until you see the light turn green. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the block. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the block. Need help getting started with self-help? You came to the right place. Alternative Talk, 1150. Back with you here on Drive Time Radio. New York Vinny hanging out with you in the final segment on a Saturday morning of uh, this day before Mother's Day. We'll uh, get to our Drive Time road test in just a second. I do want to do something I do every uh, Mother's Day holiday and, and different holidays like this. If you have an opportunity, if you have a chance, please... Um, I, I ask you to do, I don't, we never ask you to pay for the show or anything like that. All of the entertainment that you get here is free. But there are sometimes things that I ask you to do, very simply, to, um, to show appreciation. One of those things that I would love to see you do, if possible, this week is tomorrow, if you get a chance, and if you have it in your heart, your ability, go to a Trader Joe's, go to a place that sells flowers. Pick up a, a, a cheap bouquet of flowers, $5, $10 you can buy a bouquet of flowers or a plant. Take that bouquet of flowers and go to a nursing home or a hospital somewhere near you. Drop it off at the front desk and ask them to give it to somebody, uh, preferably a mom, who doesn't have any visitors or anybody this Mother's Day. Maybe they're in there because of the the corona uh, virus. Maybe they're in there for another reason. But a hospital uh, on any day can be a lonely place to be. But especially on a holiday like a Mother's Day, a Veterans Day, a Memorial, you know, one of those holidays, uh, it can be horrible to see people coming to visit other people, even if they can't contact still, and, and you have nobody there. So please. If you can, um, go, to a, go to a flower shop. Go somewhere where you can buy a bouquet of flowers or a plant. Buy it. Take it to a local uh, nursing home, a hospital, or, or facility. And drop it off and ask the staff to give it to somebody uh, to let them know that somebody on the outside world is thinking of them. Uh, you'll get this uh, really incredibly warm feeling in doing it. Uh, you can go to my Facebook page. I put up a, a little bit more details about about it on there. Uh, but the feeling you'll get of satisfaction, the feeling you'll get of helping somebody, doing a little thing, 
a small little thing to help somebody else out in this world of conspiracy theories and everything, everybody ripping each other apart right now in this world. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it do your heart and soul good to take five minutes and go do something like that? Please, if you have it in your heart. All right, quickly, uh, no big road test this week. We'll save that for next week, but I am driving the Chevrolet Bolt this week. And uh, boy, I'll tell you, I enjoy this car. I know it's not as uh, sexy as a Tesla. I know it's not as stylish as maybe a Hyundai uh, Ioniq. Uh, It certainly has its flaws here and there, but as electric cars go with over 300 miles of range and um, uh, comfortable and an ability to put stuff in there, and haul stuff around and load it up with stuff and not use a drop of gas and get it charged quickly and get back out on the road for 100 miles. Maybe the Chevrolet Bolt, that's B-O-L-T, non-hybrid electric, is the ultimate mom's car because she's not using any gas. It takes her anywhere she wants to go, and it's it's comfortable enough and, uh, again, uh, uh, a great car. That's going to do it for drive time this week. We'll catch up with you again next week when we talk about the speed limits being dropped in Seattle and its environments. Thank you so much to everybody. Happy Mother's Day. We'll see you next week.